Do you swear to protect the travelers of the night and bring my vengeance to those who would do them harm? And I'm Noah, and you're listening to the penultimate episode of A Bite Of, where we take our current favorite pop culture obsession and enjoy it one nibble at a time. Aww. And this is the penultimate episode of A Bite Of, which means we're never doing one <laughs> again after next episode. No, that's not true. He's that's a liar. That's what you said. That's He's what a- you said. That's <laughs> what you told them. He's a liar. <laughs> you're being a very Arthur horror right now i'm being a real horror show oh yeah <laughs> just kidding just of this season of moon night you guys the sixth part event it's the fifth part of the sixth part event yeah well i'm just gonna like preface this episode starting now just grab those tissues grab a cocktail or whatever you need to relive this episode with us y'all because trigger <laughs> warning childhood trauma death Friggin', I don't know, horrible things. Sand zombies. No, not the sand zombies. <laughs> There's a lot that's going in in this episode. We have a lot to talk about. We will try to make it as light as we usually try to make things. But, you know, sometimes there's just some content that we just have to say what it is. Sometimes you can't make a room of people you killed into a funny <laughs> thing. I, mean, I think I do have never mind. <laughs> He's like, I have a joke. You'll we'll see. see. I try to write jokes of most serious No, I definitely did not. <laughs> definitely couldn't happen. But before we get into everything, I have to tell you where you can follow us outside of this audio format. And that is Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram. We have a Patreon. There's a Discord. There's a lot of other things. So just explore and you'll I'm sure you'll find us somewhere on the internet. All at a bite of pod. <laughs> we are a tomb cavernous there are many rooms that you can enter in order (laughs) to be one with abida oh well that sounds very cold there are many phases of our moon (laughs) that you can know of phases if you like us leave a review (laughs) what I tried. I no. tried. I tried so to do a segue. I, I think I think the rule is if there isn't a segue, there isn't a segue. Comment below. Do you like my segues? Say no, yes. that's <laughs> pandering. Yes. You're forcing them to say yes. This is my Guys, show. comment below. Is that pandering? <laughs> <laughs> is he forcing you to say yes? Well, <laughs> be sure to leave a review anywhere that you can leave a review or a star rating. It helps. We like, you know, it, it's kind of like that's our currency that we know that we're doing a good job. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Make us feel good, you guys. Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do our flashback. So we'll take a look back at Moon Knight episode four, The Tomb. Mm-hmm. Layla and Steven make their way to the tomb that Harrow has been digging. <laughs> After pinpointing the stars in the previous episode, they did it. <laughs> Smooth. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. The pair smooch and then hop into harnesses. Once they are in, they see fresh blood and walk in on a zombie priest's laboratory. Fun. Where he hacks out pieces of harrows. Harrows? Harrowers? See, it's hard. Words. Words are hard. (laughs) They split up 
Stephen makes his way to Alexander the Great's tomb and asks him to say, ah, as he reaches deep into his throat for an Amit statue. Nobody cares that it's Alexander the Great's tomb, but it's fine. It's okay. It was written in a different language. He knew it was him. (laughs) (laughs) Layla almost falls to her death, is lectured by Harrow, and confronts Stephen when she learns the truth-ish about her father's death. Stephen switches to Mark and tries to escape, but he is shot by Harrow and falls to an asylum. Oh my God. Here, Harrow is his doctor. Stephen is stuffed in a sarcophagus and a hippo says, hi. (laughs) Oh, I loved Harrowette. Yay. Good recap. I like that one. End of episode. So let us officially take a bite of Moon Knight episode five. Asylum. Hint, or not hint. It says asylum. Not like the asylum or a asylum. Asylum. Oh, see. Different word, different meaning. Yeah. Just you know, put that in okay. the noggins of people. Yeah. In asylum. Yeah. Versus in an asylum. Or seeking asylum. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Who knows? Lots of different there's, things. Okay. Like, also, though, there's like so many layers to this, but. I mean, can we agree that it's all the same place? Yeah. It's all the... Ish. Ish. Like, it is the afterlife, but it's also his way of dealing with his life to get into the afterlife. Yeah, it's... Well, I think it depends on what afterlife you're in. And then that determines the rules of the afterlife. Like, in this first scene, (laughs) we see all three layers. Yeah. Right? The horror layer, the him and Steven layer, the, I almost said multiverse layer, the afterlife layer. Technically, they are in the multiverse. (laughs) No, don't go too far. Don't go too far. Yeah. I don't, yeah, it's it's interesting. I think, yeah, there's a lot to process with the different types of afterlife, but I do like there are different types of afterlife. And they say that. Oh, yeah. Straight up. Oh, yeah. Tarouette's like, (laughs) there's others. Love this her. is just one. Love her. Yeah. Give her a spinoff. She's the Agatha Harkness of Moon Knight. <laughs> no, she's she in the sense that she's a wrong. character that we love who we oh, want to yeah, see yeah, more yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, following a brief snippet of a watery cave, a <laughs> boy's cry for help. No. And a woman scrawling into the camera. Don't bring it's her up. It's all your fault. What a way to start an episode, by the way. That was very, I wasn't prepared. After how the last one ended and how this one picked up, I. Here for it, but I it's new feelings. <laughs> Two questions. Answer. How dare they? Yeah. Second question, are they kidding me? One of those was a question, but <laughs> No, how dare they? Question mark. <laughs> That's not, that was a statement. No, it was a question. How oh. dare they? I'm Is asking that... you, how dare they? Oh. Who, what, where, why, when, how? Kevin Feige at some point, so I'm just gonna blame him for everything. <laughs> we all have our own childhood trauma to get through and they're like we're gonna just start it off with this childhood trauma, oh and then we're gonna keep revisiting it over and over and over and over again i'm glad they did but i also was very this episode was a lot so <laughs> this is so i wanted to point out one thing before we get into like the sadder parts of this mm-hmm. episode in the be- in the beginning in the beginning <laughs> We're with Haro, where he like insists that they're in some medical facility in Chicago and not in Egypt. And Mark is like 
kind of questioning that, but these scenes are interesting. So I, I feel like, like kind of how you said there's different layers. I feel like there's something that's not happening and something that is happening. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all the horror stuff isn't necessarily happening. Like it's not real. Yet. But, and I, I, I just want to back it up with this before we, before we get into it. Where did Mark, I put that in quotes, get that nose injury from? Mark. Who is that? I don't think that's Mark or Steven. Ah, the, I, the fighty I, McFightster. Yeah, I uh, I think it's Jake. And, and the director did say that it wasn't. I don't trust him, but he had a weird accent. And he had, where did the nose injury come from? Well, don't forget, they all share one body. I, when they're, so when they're in the, you're right. I think the Harrow stuff is a different place than the Asylum stuff, mm-hmm. right? So the Harrow stuff to me is Mark's subconscious of him dealing it's almost like the opposite of Conchu, right? It's some would say, Ahmet. Maybe, but <laughs> it's this voice inside him that is making him think about his own layers. Right? I don't know. It's, it's this too... inner conscious. It's this Jiminy Cricket. But it's too nosy. Like he it seems like he's trying to find something. So that's what makes me think it's horror in some way. But okay. But it's still a different place because Later on in the episode, when Steven is finally with Dr. Haro, Uh he's wearing the white scrubs, which is the same body as the Mark body. Right. But he doesn't have the nose injury. Right. But it's always that one body with Haro, whereas when they're outside of it, he's wearing the blue scrubs. Yeah. So that to me is like, there's a mental plane, there's a spiritual plane and there's an afterlife plane. Well, yeah, I mean that that is true. They all do share the one body and that might be the body. So but that's the thing. It's like you know it's a different place from when he's with Steven because it's not the same body. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm just not I the only thing that sticks out to me again is that nose injury because it's there and then it's not there. And we see we visit Haro three different times. Mm. Three different altars. I'm just, I'm just saying. I feel like the director's lying because he doesn't want to like spoil it. But whose like, face is still in that other sarcophagus that's standing up in that room? Well, th- I think that goes to your point. There's those different planes. Technically, that's like the embodiment the plane, yeah. of Jake. But what we saw when he was talking to Haro is probably oh, Jake. See. Conscience plane, <laughs> mental plane. Spiritual plane, but but technically the asylum is in the afterlife because that, that's where they meet Taro. Well, but I think the true afterlife is the boat. Yeah, this is. So that. you're saying it's a room of requirement situation because the person sees the afterlife how they want. Well, but right. It's only well, inside. well, that's what yeah. Haro says in this scene is that people struggling minds will often seek places for them to figure out what's going on. Right. And the asylum is that the organizing that. principle. The organizing principle. Yeah, yeah. This it is. It is interesting because the the way these scenes play out is almost out of order again. Because yes. in this particular scene, before he picks up that giant like paperweight that's clearly meant to murder somebody, he talks to. He's like, "You were talking about a boy. Tell me more about the boy." And that's what sets off Mark. I'm just gonna call him Mark because that's who we assume he is. Mm-hmm. But we don't know about this boy. 
until you know what I mean? Like we don't know anything until then, but like what was happening in between that that made Mark talk about the boy is weird. I feel like it's out of order, but I think yeah. it's meant to confuse you. Oh, totally. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it almost feels like to me is that when he's in that self-made space and he's about to confront something he really doesn't want to confront, he brings himself back to Dr. Haro's room to almost stop himself from dealing with it. Or is that what's happening to the actual body? Where is the body? Yeah. <laughs> and what we're seeing with Stephen and Mark is what's happening in the afterlife. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm confused. I'm confusing myself. Yeah. Comment below. Know. Do you get it? <laughs> I mean, the, the biggest question is, where is Donna? Where is Donna? Was Donna ever real? Oh, I don't. Uh, she could. I mean. I, I don't need her. Earth exists, right? Like, yes. <laughs> but what I mean is that, like, in this story, right, oh, yeah. the Earth is there. Yeah. This is literally some afterlife mental yeah. thing that's happening right now. Yeah. He is dead. Mark is dead right now. D E D. Dead. Dead. Yeah. He's yeah. definitely dead. Dunzo. Yeah. So, yeah, this, this scene was interesting. And I, I'm not sure if he had a weird accent. There was another point in an earlier episode where I looked at Derek and I was like, is that his? Why is he talking like that? It sounds weird. I don't know. Like, do you, at this point, I think somebody had asked us in our "What are you serving?" you know, question. Do you think it's too late for Jake Lockley to be? I don't know. Impactful. Ah, it's getting really close to the end of this. So if they don't show him, and this is another like Mephisto slash, I don't know, Ralph Boner situation. I yeah I, I guess I mean, fine for misleading us, but I don't think I don't think that. I mean, I think the question is, I I think he's definitely in existence. I just think whether or not we get him fully. I mean, oh, that's what I mean. Like, not yeah. saying that he doesn't exist. I'm saying like that we get confirmation that he's there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I mean, he's sedated at this point, well, and then we go yeah, back to I mean, Stephen and I Mark. Could ju- I I don't want to jump to the end of the episode. Yeah. We can't do that because then the episode would be over. You know, there's no turning back. Goodbye. Once we talk about the end, then this episode shortest has episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have to go back to go forward in this big part of the episode. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So back with Mark and Steven. No Screaming. nose injury, by the way. I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep pointing that because it's weird. Mm-hmm. And Tarowitz there, yay, who assures them that they are quite dead. <laughs> I'm afraid you're actually quite dead. <laughs> yeah. But they're en route to the realm of Duat, which is literally the Egyptian underworld. They're dead. Very, very much dead. And hopefully on their way to the Field of Reeds, which we have heard before in this show. Funny how foreshadowing works. (laughs) They said, we're going to plant this reed right in the first episode, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to bring that up later because somebody asked a question and I made sure to write my answer so I didn't forget. Congratulations. (laughs) But in this conversation, so like we did say, Tarawet does mention this is an afterlife. But I did really like that she said, like that gorgeous ancestral plane. That's from Black Panther. That is the Black Panther afterlife, which we have seen him visit when he went to go talk to his father. In a tree. Yeah. It's very pretty there. She's very right. It's gorgeous. It's very purpley. Very purple. A lot less sand and a lot more purple. Oh, sand in your drawers, (laughs) sand up your butt crack. Not not, not fun. So we find out that to get to the field of reeds, or if you're just going to be thrown overboard, that your heart, literal heart, needs to be weighed on the scales of judgment. Two of hearts, 
Two hearts that beat as one. I don't know it. You don't know two of hearts? No. I need you. I need you. Don't worry. I'll show you in season two of RuPaul's Drag Race when oh Sonique and Morgan McMichael's lip sync to it. It was fantastic. They said it was Morgan McMichael's most tight lip sync that's ever existed in Drag Race history. Well, okay. Well, who's it by? You can just tell me that. I think it's by Susie Q. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's like from like the 80s. Don't know any of it. Yeah. So Tarawet pulls the hearts from these two. Two of hearts. <laughs> oh. You see why I sang it? Yeah. Two hearts that beat it. as one. Hello. Yeah. That was on point. <laughs> oh, man. I so get no respect if, around you. If the scales don't ba- balance with the feather, they get thrown overboard to forever be in duat. Bye-bye. But, of course, their scales refuse to commit either way. Just like when Haro was trying to, I don't know, judge Mark slash Steven. Episode one. Yeah, it did, there were, the scales wouldn't balance. So, right. foreshadowing again. Tarouette says that their hearts are not complete, and they must head inside the boat where all their memories are stored and show each other the truth. See, that's why I said we have to go back to go forward. Get it? What is Steven, if not Mark, persevering? I need... Okay. <laughs> I hope that someday we get Come on. a setup in here so that we can record us recording this because Noah does what? this thing where he like I can't explain it. Like so Leave me put alone. your hands out in front of you and like you're shrugging, right? People do people listen to us when they're driving. But Please then, don't do it. When- but then one hand, like the left hand like the right <laughs> hand will swoop under and then reach out towards the sky and then it'll come back. But then with the next sentence, the opposite arm will do the same thing and reach towards the sky. Yeah, because I give it's, you something uh, and then I give you the it. point. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. Anyway, we're never going to record He's like this. like a soaring eagle. <laughs> Did you not get my WandaVision reference? No, say it again. <sighs> How dare you? Don't edit this out. What? <laughs> uh, we'll see. The power. What is Stephen if not Mark persevering? Uh, what is grief if not love persevering? Yeah. The reason why I said that <laughs> is to get to a point. This is very much like WandaVision's episode, their penultimate episode, where she had to go back and see her parents dying to then become the Scarlet Witch. We had to have Stephen slash Mark go back to learn kind of their pseudo-origin, to then go forward. I thought it was an interesting parallel. Yeah, they know. I mean, they got a formula going here. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. (laughs) They're going to pull at our heartstrings, and then in the next episode, everything can go crazy. I'm very surprised you just, I gave you a WandaVision reference, and you didn't run with it. Because you're trying to play me. I'm not. Yes. I wanted to talk about WandaVision. (laughs) (laughs) But I so Moon Knight's version of this is just more it's like a narrative device to, you know, unveil those roots of the DID that he has. Mm. I thought it was I thought it was more interesting the reason to do it than WandaVisions, but I like both of them equally. There's something about the older, the present person looking in on the past, knowing what they've gone through to see like how when their innocence kind of mm. died. Mm. Sad. It's Very interesting. Sad. Yeah. It's very much like, this is how your parents fuck you up. <laughs> Wanda's parents didn't fuck her up, though. They just died. They <laughs> fucked her up. <laughs> they died. They blew they, up. They bought that apartment 
And if they didn't buy that apartment, it was because of them that things went haywire because they died. It was because of Stony Tark. Stony Tark. I'll <laughs> never forgive Stan Anthony Tark. <laughs> so Mark and Stephen wandering the asylum's halls to revisit their mutual past. Each door in this white corridor hides a memory. And in visiting these rooms, Moon Knight's writers fill in just about every gap in the show's backstory thus far. We get to a cafeteria full of dead people with organ jars right in front of them. How convenient. Delicious. <laughs> Mar Stephen then realizes that, oh, these are just all the people that you've killed as a mercenary. <laughs> but I like that. Like, cafeteria full. Yeah. Well, but Stephen's all like, oh, you killed all these people. You're horrible. And he's like. You try taking a life. See if you remember everyone that you yeah. killed, Stephen. Well, also, he says that they're criminals, murderers, predators, and the worst of the worst. So it's like... Protecting the travelers of the night. Well, he was, like, doing that before he was even conscious. Well. So, I mean, like, I get Stephen's, like, the innocent one, but it's also like, Stephen, don't judge yourself. I mean, yeah. Also, <laughs> we've talked about this before. We're like, Stephen, give Mark a break. Yeah. You know, he's like, oh, we could do it by night fighting. And then, like, he turns into Mr. Knight and then he gets stabbed a hundred times. He's like, all right, I gotta go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> no, well, I mean, for all of his annoyances, this episode's like heartbreaking. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I'm saying. Leave him alone. <laughs> Let up on him just a little bit this one time. <laughs> uh... Speaking of, a little boy. No. Here's out of nowhere. No. And leads them to one of the biggest points in their lives. We have Mom Wendy, Dad Elias, and Brother Randall, and little tiny little baby Mark. There was a later Gators reference in this scene, by the way. And did you see that the little brother was drawing a fish that only had one fin like Gaza? Yeah. You guys. Yeah. So we see his family in Chicago. Young Mark leads Randall to play in a cave near their home. Despite Randall's reminder of their mother's warnings, they continue to venture into its depths after it started to rain. I mean, to be fair, I did stupid stuff like this all the time. So is that completely out of the realm of it not happening? I mean, we need to I take I just a... never drown. Oh, well, <laughs> well, we all just need to... <laughs> Whoops. First of all, this is very lock and key in the sense that there's caves that fill with water and you have to be... Okay, Careful, well, right. caves do fill with water. Sure, sure, sure. But also, like, my, like, <laughs> no, I'm, like I don't believe it. <laughs> let's, like, I don't know, like, I guess they were on vacation because they live in Brooklyn, okay, or something like Chicago. that. Chicago. Yeah, they live in Chicago in a brownstone. I don't know where this barbecue's happening that there's a cave. There's a cave in a park uh, right there. They probably, like, lived outside of yeah, Chicago. Yeah, I, uh, I knew as soon uh, as I was like, as soon as he was going to find out there in Chicago, he's going to be like, that doesn't make sense. You gotta tell me about things. They had to kill the kid somehow. So they just imagined Car. a cave. Pet cemetery, the kid. Truck him. I liked the the cave. I, well, that sounds bad. Yeah, you're being real weird about this cave. <laughs> I think it's like, I think it's more tragic. I don't know. Also, because his brother had to lead him into, I don't know, it was like, it was that or like a car, which we've seen before. Let's go be explorers in the street. They don't have yeah. the accent yet. No. Well, no, he, he'd remember they were pretending to be the characters. They were oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. The Tomb Busters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Seeing Steven go into the cave after them to like help them and try to save them. 
pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. And obviously Mark wasn't because he locked him out of this. But Steven doesn't know any of this. So we, again, are in Steven's shoes experiencing this for the first time. Yeah. Well, and, and really, in reality, at this point in Mark's life, Steven didn't even exist yet. No. So he wouldn't have known nope. any of this. Also, I do want to say that the cave is very tight and doesn't even look like, even without water, doesn't look like a fun time to play in. Like, he was like... I don't even understand how this cave filled with water. It hasn't... It, it, ha- it, it, it does. The caves do fill with Did water, especially down? when they're low-bearing and have a decline. They fill with water very fast. These kids. Yeah. I've been in some caves where they started filling with water, and it's not fun. Some of us didn't play in caves, okay? <laughs> So we, we, we see the full fate of the little guy when Stephen visits the family sitting Shiva. I just wanted to point out, this is one of, really, this is one of the blatant representations of Mark being Jewish. The only other time, really, was he had the Star of David necklace. Mm. And you kind of see it. I don't, I don't need Mark to be like, I'm Jewish! and hold up the Star of David or anything like that. But like, how have you felt just with this episode alone? Because the character is Jewish Mm. and the MCU has kind of gotten some flack with not really showcasing any Jewish culture with most of these characters in the MCU being Jewish, especially uh, uh, Spider-Man is Jewish. Mm. But have you, how do you, how do you feel like they're kind of handling it? Like, did you even really, realize it until this episode you know i didn't realize it until this episode and this isn't my opinion so i apologize but i had actually an an artist that i follow on um on twitter was saying was talking about the representation of of mark being jewish but at the same time he he as a latinx author and illustrator was very frustrated that they got a latinx man to play this character but Mm. not once do they ever in any way mention that he's latino and so it's like the same concept of like oh yeah well there's this thing about him but we're not going to really kind of mention it or tell you about it he just is that but when it's like the first of its kind shouldn't you be paying more homage to the heritage (laughs) more homage to the heritage yeah i mean Again, I'm not Jewish, so I can't really say, like, this is good representation. This is bad representation. The only thing I can say is, up until this point, we didn't really see much of it. But we do see two sitting shivas. And this one, we do see him have the yamak. So it's like, we see some of it. But I feel like with these two things, so mental health and also Jewish culture or a different type of culture, there are two things that I feel like with this short of a series, you don't necessarily have to pick one, but you can't favor one over the other. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. I don't know. Well, That's I think it's about true, real representation. Are you yeah. representing that or are you throwing it in as an afterthought? Right, right. Well, I'm just, I am glad, just want to say that they did show yeah, it. No, 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 no. I agree with that. But th- I think the question is, was it enough? Right. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, comment below. Let us know what you, especially, you know, what you thought, because I can only speak to what, if I was in that situation. So, like, if it was the LGBTQ thing, I'd be yeah, like, you yeah. You better be I, wearing a rainbow cape. Like, no. Okay, wearing a crop top. <laughs> but see, that's the interesting thing. Like, as I was thinking about that, I was like, sometimes I do get annoyed 
whenever they cho- try to like represent somebody in the LGBTQ community where they come out in nothing but rainbow and they're like, I'm gay. Well, true, but that's even like I'm looking at your Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness Lego figurines here and it's kind of like and they're amazing they're amazing but the question remains why (laughs) do wong and dr strange have these awesome magical lego pieces and then america chavez is is a rainbow she has the power of gay apparently so (laughs) and it shoots out of her hand you know i once wrote a story in sixth grade where my character's name was swazzle and had the power of rainbow so i remember i remember that yeah you told me about that and yeah. I always forget about it until you say it because I'm like, Swazzle, I can't remember that name. I don't know why. It's like Skittles, but yeah. Swazzle. <laughs> there you go. I needed to associate it with something for me to remember it. Taste the rainbow. We'll see if we can find Swazzle somewhere. Wazzle. Do you have anything with Swazzle? You know, I just looked through all the boxes when we were moving and I did not find it. But I, you know, maybe maybe Vinny does. I'll ask <laughs> oh, Vinny. Because we were in the group together writing that story. Oh, okay. Everybody else had like laser powers and stuff. If we find swazzle will post it on patreon or something or yes. maybe like a, whatever derek's comfortable with i don't want to just give that away i don't really even know what swazzle did except that he had the power of rainbow <laughs> but anyway but I, that's the thing is that like i don't know do they need to be shooting rainbows no right i don't think so but again i i can only say as much as i can say you know what i mean and i did want to kind of because i was curious what shiva was like i've known about it but mm. i didn't really know about it mm. and actually find it i was like oh i didn't know that that's the purpose of shiva so it actually it comes from the word shiva which means seven signifying seven days of mourning and it is a time referring to sitting shiva which is primary the primary purpose is to kind of emotional healing where mourners join together typically for a parent spouse sibling that type of thing. So they kind of mm. sit there. It's more for spiritual and mm. kind of just sitting with it, making, don't try to push the grief away or anything like that. So I actually found it pretty beautiful. I yeah, was like, that's oh, lovely, actually. Okay. I didn't know that. I had no idea. Mm. So it did educate me on one, <laughs> one thing. So back to this episode. Mark slash Steven's mom is the fucking worst. Mm. What does she do instead of, yes, I, I, I get it. You can be angry especially when you lose a child. But to put all of that anger onto your other child that, I don't know, maybe didn't want their brother to die, I don't think is okay, nor healthy. No, yeah, and it's sad if you think about it, right? She lost one son tragically, and now she's spending the rest of her time getting- She lost another son. Yeah. She didn't want anything to do with him. She blows off his 10th birthday, and then it's his 12th birthday. A year later. No, 12. Two, two years. Yeah. 12th birthday, the next one. That's how many birthdays. One, she's blown off. I'm not saying like birthdays are a thing, but that's how many years. But it's that's like, the thing. Right. For years, she's been putting him through this. Yeah. Shows up at his 12th birthday, lit, roasted, carrying around the bottle, telling him, you're always jealous. I've always known you'd do something like this. Do what? Play with my brother? You <laughs> couldn't be nice to me, but you had time to put your liquor in a decanter? <laughs> I don't think so, lady. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, my God. She's the worst. There's even a scene later on where she's like beating him and calling him things like disgusting human. Oh, she's the worst. The worst. Yeah. This episode was very, it was an emotional roller coaster in that like, it was a lot. It was very heavy. Marvel, I can't believe you did this to us. (laughs) 
Okay, Again. we wanted an origin story. They were like, no, 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 no. You're getting the full origin yeah. story. Yeah. Not just of Moon Knight. It's no, not no, like no. it's not like Bruce Wayne's parents where they get like shot, but it, you just see the pearls no, fly. No, you're going to live in this horrible years. madness. <laughs> you're going to see years. You're also, if you think about it, we are Steven. We're learning this all with Steven. Yeah, yeah he doesn't know any of it. No. It's sad. I don't like it. And it just perpetuates the thing that grief and trauma is the theme of phase four. That's fine. Yeah, I can't wait for more. Thanks, Marvel. All we wanted (laughs) was to see Moon Knight in his suit kicking butt. And you know what's the thing that we got the least? Moon Moon Knight in his his suit suit kicking butt. Yeah. (laughs) But I do like it. I like it because it's different. And comics can be this (laughs) <laughs> well, well, th- that's you know that's the thing though, right? Is that I think a lot of people go into comics being like it's all just bang pow. Used to you be, know? and it used to be that, but now there's so much story and so much heart, and it's like you're really in it for the full experience. Yeah, because before it was just like you know fine set magazines of like just fun comic like elong- elongated comic strips essentially. Right. It reminds me of like Sailor Moon, and <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> I was wondering in this episode, I this particular episode, it. how you were going to bring up Sailor Moon. I was like, there's no way he possibly could. <laughs> and then, what a segue. <laughs> well, I mean, Sailor Pluto is the uh, Sailor Soldier of Death and Time. So. <laughs> Pluto, why? Well, you so know, small she's, and she's cold. way out there. She's angry. Yeah. People she, don't think she's a planet her, anymore. Her, her, main, her first power was Deadly Scream. <laughs> How about that? Did she actually scream though? No, she said scream. Oh. And then a giant thing shot out of her staff. Oh. That was fire. Well, that's cool, but it's disappointing she didn't actually scream. No, yeah, she was very quiet. She was very quiet. Mm. She was like a scientist. No. Anyway. Okay. That was my Sailor Moon rant for this episode. <laughs> You're welcome. So Sailor Moon, there is one. There's a Sailor Scout. There's Knight s- Soldiers. Soldier mm. that is the i don't know avatar of death yeah and then um parents in the mcu are the fucking worst because the list just keeps going why not just add all of them they're all awful we should put that list together i don't want to ego is definitely going to be on there guardians of the galaxy oh yeah he's like you're my son wink (laughs) (laughs) this next little small snippet and the only reason why i'm mentioning this one is because it is it is a interesting way to see how Mark dealt with his father because this whole time, while this stuff was happening, I was like, "Dad, what the hell?" We see what I can assume to be teen Mark. Yeah, he, he's definitely older, leaving his family and blaming his father for not doing anything. Preach. I mean, absolutely. You are an enabler. You knew it was happening for years. You're just as bad as the mom. Mm-hmm. Just as bad. Mm-hmm. You could have stopped it. You could have left. You could have done stuff. You could have helped get help with all of it. But instead, this family is fractured. All right. Now we just need to take just a little breather. That stuff was very heavy. We know how Stephen feels about babies and children being killed. Mm. We also don't appreciate it on this podcast. We're not here for it. But we'll just get into a what are you serving segment and answer your thoughts, questions, and maybe just help you let you vent about all the tears that you shed during this episode. (laughs) More tears. (laughs) Not enough tissues. 
So as always, we'll answer your questions whichever way you send them to us, especially on whatever the newest episode is. So always look out for those. Yeah. It's usually the day after. We give you a little bit to Feel watch Feel free it. to let us know, what are you serving? <laughs> you know, the um, acronym for it is uh, Waze. That's fun. But I didn't know what else to do with it. So I was like, oh. Just like this. Waze. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Waze. So, the, so these were actually pretty interesting, the ones that you guys submitted. Because a lot of them was just like kind of like a vibe or like how you felt about it emotionally, which I appreciate. So the first one is from James Parker from Twitter. Um, excellent episode, though they have so much to wrap up in episode six. A thousand percent completely agree. But is this any different from any of the other ones that we've seen? Well, this one is just like they have a whole other character that we've never even met yet. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm not even holding my breath also, for him. Also, still a statue. Also, <laughs> um, it's killing people left and right. Yeah. Also, Harrow's hair is still long. Kind of. It's a little shorter. Well, that's Dr. Slick Harrow. Back. That's Dr. Harrow. Oh, I'm sorry. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they have a lot to wrap up. There's quite a bit of story. And I heard rumors. Again, rumors. Take it with whatever you want. That the final episode is only 45 minutes. You cannot yeah. give me 53, 53, 53, 53, 45. They totally could. Then I feel listen, like WandaVision was like that. We better have an ultimate mid credit scene. Because we haven't gotten one of those in forever. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll we'll see if we do. But I'm just hoping. I mean, actually, I feel like this episode was so good and so like emotionally driven. And so like we really get to sit with these characters. That's why I like these shows anyway, because we wouldn't get this much with this character if it was a movie. You know what I mean? I wish that there was a talk show that you ran called Sit With These Characters. And you sat with the characters. No, I couldn't. I'd be <laughs> starstruck. You like to sit with these characters. Hi, welcome back to sit with these characters. I'm Noah Reed. <laughs> Here's Mark Spector, exactly. Stephen Grant, and Jake Lockley. How you doing, guys? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, but I, the final episodes always seem to be like one climactic fight. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this one. I, that's also partly part of my excitement. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, very all. up in the air. Yeah. This next one is from Madison. Sorry, Madison Meester. I'm so sorry. I feel like I did this last time um, from Instagram. And they said, what is y'all's opinion on the girl in episode one that asked Steven if it sucked getting rejected from the field of reeds? Funny you should say that. It was foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) It really was. It was interesting. From episode one, she was like, you got rejected from the field of reeds, Steven. (gasps) He said, but I ain't dead, ain't I? Yeah. Whoops. You you will be. Oh. You did. Oh. And Field of Reeds, you will not go. You're not even real. Yeah. That freaking litter bug little girl. I know. It's her fault. Where is she now? We're going to blame her. She's part of Harrow's Amit people. She was a plant the whole time. Yeah. It is. I, I've, obviously, Steven's not going to be um, in his current situation for much longer, but who knows how that's even going to. I just hope Jake. Even though he's like a murderer and like really just like dismantles people whenever he pushes Stephen and Mark away, I do hope that he does save himself. Slash, how do how do you think they view each other? Like b- b- brothers, extensions of themselves. Well, I think that this episode really kind of changed that because it did feel like they weren't so much 
the different personalities of one person, they were like brothers. They were right. friends, at least, you know. Best friends. Besties. Besties. BFFs. At least. Minimum besties. Yeah. All together. Jake might be invited places. <laughs> He's that friend that you invite when you have a one when you want to have a real crazy night. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're just looking to get a cup of coffee, you do not invite Jack. Yeah. <laughs> this next one is from Medical Nerds from Twitter. This shows an incredible character study of mental illness and what trauma can do to us at a young age. It is so important Marvin has Marvin. Oh my god. I just nicknamed Marvel as a whole. Marvin. Good old Marvin. <laughs> Important Marvel has been diving deep into these themes in Phase 4, and I can't applaud them enough for that. I have no idea where the show is going to wrap up. Exactly. I mean, again, just to reiterate the point, Phase 4 really seems like they're like, okay, we got the spectacle. We got the pretty fights. Now let's actually get to know these characters and make you cry in every single instance we can. They like found the characters or like have the saddest backstories or possible saddest situations. They're like, let's do that. Let's take her kids away. Let's make Loki think about his brother and what he did to them. Let's do it. Do all of it. Oh, you wanted new characters? We'll give you new characters. And you're gonna be upset. At a price. It all comes with a cost. And then we're gonna we're gonna just leave you there with them when they're like most broken and then Maybe you'll see them in a movie yeah. a year later. Maybe. <laughs> no. These next two are kind of like the same thought and slash feeling. Um, A.D. Eaton and N.Z. Waffles. I like both of those, by the way. <laughs> but both of you are pretty much saying it's a, a master class. Oh, my God. Master class in the effects of childhood trauma. This episode was very cathartic. I cried. I hope the finale is as emotionally deep. I agree. I, I feel like you can't have this such high with emotional value and then just CGI fight fest after that. There has to be either a continuation or some payoff. I don't know. I'm not going to get my hopes up. You think I think it's, it's going to be a CGI fight fest. I think he's going to get back to Earth and it's going to be Amit butt kicking time. I mean, that. I want to be mad at it because we haven't really got much of Moon He's going to take her crocodile head and she's going to rip it in half. That'd be fun. Right at the jaw. He's going to rip the jaw in half. So that mean that also happens to Haro? That's pretty baller because if you think about it, right, didn't he have to rip open Alexander the Great's mouth too? Foreshadowing. This, epi- this whole show is foreshadowing itself. See you never, jaw. <laughs> you out of here. <laughs> okay, last one before we wrap this up and get back into the episode. The last question that you're serving us, it's Cammy. You know, Cammy. The Cammy. The Cammy. Does this mean that Mark and Steven and Tarawet are trapped like Khonshu? That's interesting. Maybe and maybe not. Maybe it all goes back to what Tarawet said and like there's multiple afterlifes. So maybe there's like gods that are workers in the afterlife. Mm. And then when you're like in stone, there's like a stone afterlife. Yeah, I don't know. It, that is interesting because then where is Kanchu right now? Just in the field of reeds, just chilling. He's just spinning around. Yeah. He's actually, he he's not a skeleton anymore. He's just a full bird. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, he's, he's on his full glory I'm again. looking forward to that. Yeah, but that that is interesting. I honestly... Didn't think about it until you asked. Well, we're not sure where the Haro scenes are taking place or right. if they are really taking place, but he does have a statue of Amit on his desk. He does. There's a lot of Amit things around that I'd like to omit from the universe. 
Wow, that's a dab moment right there. Damn it. <laughs> but good question. I'm stumped, and I actually want to find out. And if they don't tell us where Khonshu goes slash the other gods, because is Tarawa also in stone? She might be. Yeah, that's Because true. she is the god of children and fertility. So why is she ushering people in to death? They slash... just give you another job. They say, guess what? You're not allowed on Earth. People aren't having babies anymore. You need to go take people she on the boat. She doesn't know. That's why she has to take her cards out to see what she has to read them. <gasps> that's true. She's not used to doing it. She's like, this isn't my job, really. I also like how her cards are like just... Little like scrolls, she, yeah, just you know, like, like papyrus. She's so cute. <laughs> She's so cute. All right, thank you for your questions and thoughts and theories and just general feelings. To it next time, we'll do it again. Don't be afraid to share your feelings, you guys, <laughs> yeah. for right. that type of podcast. <laughs> you keep sounding a little culty. I think this season is rubbing off on you. <laughs> It's okay. We'll all be judged the same way. On to becoming Moon Knight. We do get Moon Knight in this episode, just for a little bit. Side note, the official Moon Knight score is now fully available, the entire score. But be careful. Don't look at it if you don't want the last episode to possibly be spoiled. But it's all there if you want to listen to it. Why would they do that? Why would they release it now? They do it all the time. Oh, yeah. these people. They think that people don't listen to music. <laughs> people listen to music. I actually am the type that will listen to scores and soundtracks while I work out and do stuff because it makes me feel like I'm actually doing it Oh, in that movie or in that situation. Hans Zimmer, best one to work out. Hans Just Zimmer. Like. All right. In the midst of Mark and Steven's journey through Mark's past, they make a stop in Egypt on the day that Mark became Moon Knight. Does anyone else think that these scenes are a little dark? Just a little bit. Just a little too dark. I know it's dark, but it looks really dark. It's hard to see what's happening. Just, yeah. Just wanted to say. I see that. I want to say. Or I don't see <laughs> Mark finally explains in full what happened. After being discharged from the military, Mark began working for his former commander office, commanding officer, not commander officer. That's not real. Bushman. And a job to raid an Egyptian tomb went awry when Bushman, Bushman. changed the plan and decided that there should be no witnesses left at the scene. Because that's what somebody just randomly does while doing this type of work. They're like, you know what? Just kill them all. You know what, though? They're annoying me. Question. Where is Bushman? He's gone. He probably got his face ripped off like he did in the comics. Oh, cool. Yeah, Moon Knight rips his face off. Ooh, get a Moon Knight. Terrifying. Very, very scary. Very, very, very scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark nearly died after a failed attempt to lead the, the these archaeologists to safety, and he would have perished if it not had been for Conchu's intervention. By intervention, I mean taking advantage of a clearly vulnerable person. He said, hey, girl, <laughs> how you feeling? You want to live? Guess yeah, what? I mean, <laughs> and even Stephen points it out immediately. He's like, he's manipulating you. How dare he? <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, also, though, I don't know. If you, Then don't take the deal. Yeah, but he's, like, dying. Well, he's, exactly. like, he literally asks you, do you want death or do you want life? It's like, yeah, I want life. I'm feeling pretty terrible right now. Yeah. I just got shot a bunch, but the, okay. <laughs> this one line in particular, like, really points out that, like, he clearly preyed on somebody that was vulnerable. Your mind, I feel it. Fractured, broken, most fascinating. You are a worthy candidate to serve me during the time. In exchange for your life, do you swear to protect the travelers of the night and bring my vengeance to those who do them harm? He said, 
I won't be able to take advantage of just one personality. I could take advantage of three personalities. He's the wheeze. I mean, he knows what he's doing. So I guess Haro was kind of right when he said that Kanshu chose Mark in part for his broken mind. But I mean, like, shut up, Haro. You're also being taken advantage of by Amit. Stop your nonsense. But I do want to say, and I know it's weird, but like Haro kind of helps him a little bit throughout this episode and a few other times because he's not wrong. Maybe he was the avatar of Kanshu and he is trying to warn him. Am I saying Amit is the right way to go? A uh, no. But Noah said in the words of Whitney Houston, (sighs) it's not right, but it's okay. I I mean, he's not really saying bad things. When your voice has to go that high (laughs) to prove the point, you know it's wrong. I'm just saying he's helped him a little tiny itty bitty bit. Just saying. Maybe Mark's for what? For his own gain, it's gotta be. I know. He's playing chess here, man. He's playing chess. so, (laughs) So Mark agrees. To the shady deal, and we get his first transformation into Conchu's Moon Knight. And can I say when he says, "As my Moon Knight," I was like, "Ew!" Yeah, no, he said it more like, "As my Moon Knight," <laughs> like he's a knight of the moon. Because I'm a moon deity, guys. Yeah. Get it? Get it? Yeah, that was pretty cringy. I agree. I was like, mm, you, I didn't need that. Just no. music. Music crescendoing into a buildup. Or, or it was, it was, there was that half a second pause too much between the words moon and night. Well, it's like supposed to be dramatic, but it was like in my head, I was like, don't say moon night. Don't. Oh, you said it. Can't you? I can't you believe that he said it. I don't like it. <laughs> I like that pun though. <laughs> it's raining souls, guys. Mark and Steven race back to the deck of the ship where Taro reports that the unbalanced souls are now being judged prematurely and in mass. Sounds like Haro. I wonder who is doing that. <sighs> so we see a bunch of purple purple things falling from the sky. I wonder how many babies there are, because that's what Steven was worried about. Pretty sure there's a few. He's <sighs> just judging babies. <laughs> Mark and Steven beg Tarawet to find a way to help them free slash reconnect with Kanchu, help Layla, and thwart Haro's plan. Knowing that Osiris wouldn't like it at all, Tarwit steers the ship a hard 180, then urges the men to get back inside and finish balancing their scale. Come on, you had one job, guys. Are the scales balanced? No. Lollygagging. Yeah. Lollygagging. Steven wants to head into the young Mark's bedroom, but Mark isn't having it, and he begins yelling, I won't do it. You can't make me do it while slapping his face again and again. Mark's desperate attempt to not have Steven see what's happening in that room is pretty heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah, it's very much a child panicking. Well, he probably never thought he had to deal with it. You know, he's just like... he never has, really. Uh, And that was the point of Steven, kind of. He then appears back in Haro's Chicago office, weird again, no nose injury, Mm. where the doctor commends Mark for reliving his traumatic memories. But this time it's interesting. It's the last time it was Mark. This time it's It's Steven. Steven. It's clearly Steven. Haro then poses the million-dollar question, do you think you created Steven to hide from all the awful things you did, or did Steven create Mark to punish the world for what your mother did to you? I think either one of those is equally upsetting as the other one. Before Mark can answer... No, this is Steven. 
No, this is Mark. This is Steven. This whole, se- this whole scene is Steven. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was Mark. Mm, whatever. Before Mark slash Steven can answer, he and Steven appear in the young Mart's bedroom, where Mom is angrily thumping at the door and where young Mark is cowering in the corner. So obviously we knew that this scene was going to be very pivotal because they kept hiding it. The lad's eyes then roll back and he turns into Dr. Stephen Grant, as in the British hero from the Tomb Buster movie, just like the poster on his wall. Sad. This was the moment that his DID really manifested. From the very few cases that do exist, this is pretty much where it all stems from. Childhood trauma, repeated trauma, trauma that isn't able to get help. It's very, very sad. Yeah, and it's and this is when Mark flat out says to him, you're not meant to see that. That's the whole point of you. Yeah. Ooh. Yikes. No. But yeah, it's really sad. I mean, any way that you try to look at it, it's just like that was how his mind coped yeah. with what was happening to him. And it's like, and he he immediately turns into like this very angelic personality. He's just like cleaning up his room, and ignoring his mother, berating him. And, and, and that's just how he has to deal with it. Yeah. And it gets even worse because Steven, as the other alter, thinking that he was the original, thinking that he was like almost like a separate person, mm. realizes that, no, he was the one that was created to essentially protect Mark. Which is really upsetting. But Stephen doesn't know how to deal with that right away. I mean, who would? You know, your your whole existence literally was kind of just manifested. And you think that that's what's real. You think that's just how it should be. Stephen lashes out at him pretty hard. And he, he does say, and I liked the sentence because I thought it was interesting. He lashes out on him for creating him to serve as some sort of stress ball. But Mark counters that at least Stephen got to live a happy life. One in which he believed their mother, mother, where his mother was alive. It's like, oh, by the way, also, Stephen, your mom is dead. That's why um, you never talk to her on the phone and it's all messages. Where do the postcards come from? It was probably Mark, Mark? sending them to Stephen. So it's really sad. Like Stephen was made to protect Mark, but then Mark also had to protect Stephen. Well, he had to keep that part of him in the dark so he can continue to be protected by it. Yeah. Yeeks. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Steven is now with Haro, which is the real scene with Steven yeah, we, and Haro. So confusing. <laughs> I but knew this, it was going to get confusing. But this moment, we get a real high spouse moment because right when he like is in front of Haru, he just throws his glass of water in his Finally, face. Finally, someone yeah. threw a glass of water in his face. Yeah. So this scene, the big thing is for Steven to confront that his mom is dead. Mm. Like even Haru goes to put his mom on the phone and through tears, uh, Oscar Isaac in this episode, phenomenal. Through tears, he says, please don't do that. Please don't do that. Like he knows. I think he is always known. But he just never really dealt with it. And then he's like, my mom, my mom is dead. It's like, oh, my God, enough. Yeah, this this horror moment is horrible because he's like, no, 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 I have her number. I'll I'll just get Donovan. Donovan will get it. Yeah, hold on. Hold on. Oh, yeah, no, we'll connect you. Yeah, fuck off. A dial tone. It's so messed up. I mean, again, Arthur Harrow 
is a bad guy. <laughs> no but matter. whatever, but even whatever this Haro is, it's still just bad. It's still bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's is something weird. I do want to see. Maybe it's just like, what if like Haro is just like speaking into the microphone. But why would Haro? Oh, not microphone into the cane as like just Hello? doing a puppet. The purple's on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm live. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so then we get to the Shiva for Wendy, who Mark won't give his dad the satisfaction of actually coming in. This is where then he has the breakdown in the street, pounding the pavement. He rips off the kippa from his head, also pounds it on the pavement. And then we see him transition into Steven. Yeah. And this is the moment where he does say that where their lives started bleeding together. It's like he wasn't able to completely separate them anymore because it's too much. It's too much for him. So it started bleeding through. And then that's where everything, that's where pretty much Moon Knight started because his mom died two months before the events of Moon Knight. So it was two months up to when Steven started realizing he doesn't have a sleep disorder there's somebody else using his body when he goes to sleep. I like this because, so this is, again, I'm always looking for the details, right? And so we have to figure that Layla and Mark have been separated for a while. So she doesn't necessarily know that his mother has died. Yeah. So when Steven is telling her in the apartment in episode two, I think it is, he's like, he's like, yeah, this is from my mom. I was on the phone with my mom. She's like, oh, you've patched things up with her? Right. So she doesn't know that she's died because they haven't spoken. But I think that was a good thing to do because it misled us. Right. And not knowing that ultimately she was dead. Right. Exactly. He even, when he turns into Steven, the first thing he does is he calls his mom's voicemail because she always screens his calls and then tells her how he's lost. He has full conversations with her voicemail. Can you believe it? I'm lost again. I I think this is Mulberry Street. No, I don't. Wait, is no, it? I think he thinks he's like in London still or something. He doesn't even realize he's in Chicago. Imagine. He's like, whoa, yeah. wait. Like How did I get? <laughs> oh, my God. Then, if this wasn't enough, we do get a sweet moment. Stephen comforts a remorseful mm. Mark. You were just a child. It wasn't your fault. I'm dead. I'm dead. There's too much emotion. Tears. It's a lot. Tears. But it was so sweet because Mark never... Got that. He needed that. He never got it from his fucking deadbeat dad, from his abusive mother, that his brother dying isn't his fault. He Mm. didn't obviously mean to do that. He was just a kid. How about his parents check the weather before they go running off into the caves of Chicago? Just going to say. Get out the weather app. Yeah. Just want to say. Whatever. The caves of Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) What? Where are the caves of Chicago? Do we have any listeners in Chicago? If we do, <laughs> please tell us, are there caves? Chicago proper, where are the caves? Oh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> they did seem in like very sub- like suburban yeah. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> so on to the field of tears. Goodbye. There are, there's, they're on their way to the land of the living, aka the gates of Osiris. But once they get there, even... Steven, Steven, even, I knew I was going to say it and I didn't want to say it. (laughs) Even after Steven helps Mark to forgive himself, the scales aren't balanced, which is real fucked up because when he started talking about all the people he killed, the scales started slowing down. (gasps) They can't get on good terms and it's not balanced. You must accept every piece of yourself. Yeah. So Tarwet's like, 
Sorry, you guys are going to die. Also, there's sans Ivy's coming. Bye. She That's, leaves. She's like unbalanced. Yeah. You got to go. But I do hope we get to see her again. I hope that wasn't the last time we see her. There was a lot of her in this episode. I want more of her. Well, I did, of course, you know, not that IMDb is the end all of everything, but I looked to see who the voice oh, yeah. actress was. And it says that she is in episode six. <gasps> Yay. Maybe she comes out and kicks Conchu and Amit's butt. She says, get she back it. here, Amit. You're yeah. being ridiculous. <laughs> the sand zombies hop on board. <gasps> Sandies. Zombies. Zombies. Sandies or zombies? Pecan zombies. Ooh, delicious. <laughs> they hop on board and the fight breaks out. I thought this scene was pretty cool. The Sandies, Zam- Zambies, whatever we just Zambonis. called them. Yeah. <laughs> the ship. The thing, I'm obsessed. It's purpley. I loved it. Yeah. Loved the whole thing. Obsessed yeah. with it. Teamwork. One of the Sandys almost takes Mark down with them, and then C- Steven sacrifices himself to protect him. No! Bye. No, not but our beloved Steven. It was a nice moment because, you know, he didn't think he could fight, and then he could fight. We believe in he Steven. Helped. Yeah. Steven tries <laughs> to catch up, but he turns to stone. How dare they? It's very sad. The scales are now balanced. Huzzah. (laughs) And Mark is instantly transported to the field of reeds. All he had to do was let Stephen go, which makes logical sense, but still feels very rude. (laughs) Well, they made us fall in love with a character that really wasn't a (sighs) character within itself. It was part of a character. It's a character. It's a different character. They got rid of him. They knew what they were doing. That's why Steven is Steven and how he was. It was all for us to feel for Steven. But it is fucked up. It's like, oh, you had to be whole yourself and then you can get in. That's why it wasn't balancing. That's so mean. I don't like that. Go away. We all lost a piece of our hearts that day when Steven fell into the suns. He's his death. I feel like like that moment for me was very upsetting with but him listen. turning into stone. Because we finally saw Stephen Grant fight as Mark. He was mm. fighting like Mark. Mm. They were like becoming one. He went real bashy-bashy. Mm. But don't forget, uh-huh. if you take a piece of a ship and you build it as a new ship, Stop then it. it's the same Is ship. Is this a ship of Theseus thing <laughs> <Yes>. again? <laughs> Excuse me, you gave me one division, I'm giving you one division. No, I know, but it's just because I don't know the answer. I don't know either, but if it's one body, it's the same ship. So he can come back. They're literally on a ship. So why don't just use that ship? Um, exactly. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> They're on a ship. Yeah, I know. I got you. So screw the metaphorical ship. They're on a real ship. Build the ship. A supernatural ship. You're on, on a ship. The dunes of Duant. Du- Duant? Duat. 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 Do what do I owe this pleasure? Of ships. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the time has come, the walrus said, talk of many things, of shoes, of ships, of sealing wax, of cabbages and kings, and why the sea is boiling hot, and whether pigs have wings. What are you talking about? It's from Alice in Wonderland, slash Harry the Spy, the movie. <laughs> That's why you know it. <laughs> yeah. But it's from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, the, the last episode's coming. Do you have... Any expectations slash things you want to see slash just give me your final thoughts into the home stretch of this I series. I believe 
that we are going to finally get a lot of Moon Knight. I don't, but I hope. That's what I'm that's what I'm hoping slash predicting because yeah. we deserve it. Yeah. And I think that whatever happens, and then at the end, he's passing one of the many mirrors that exist <laughs> in the world, and Steven gives him an old wink and a thumbs up, and he says, Hey, old chap, lay a gayas. Have you like, noticed there's no mirrors in these last two episodes? And what's funny is that you melt sand, guess what it makes? Glass for mirrors. <laughs> it's everywhere. Not one. All the doors are see-through into memories. <laughs> There's no glass. No glass. It's all Just mystical. Memories. It's all mystical smoke. Yeah. Who needs glass? No. <laughs> but I think that we're gonna. I think we're definitely gonna get the destruction of Harrow. Oh yeah. Right. Maybe. I think he's got to be gone. He has to. Right. Because if they put him in a cell or something, he's gonna come back. My wish for what I truly wish. Uh huh. Frenchie. We finally get Frenchie. Imagine though, if that was the uh, the like end credit scene. He comes down in the moon copter and he's like, let's go, no, Mark. I would be very upset. He said, Mark, uh-huh, I would in be, the moon copter. I hope he doesn't sound like Lumiere from... <laughs> How dare you? You know I play Lumiere. I know, that's why I said it. <laughs> no, but like, I don't know, because we don't know where Moon Knight's going to come again. Like, come again? <laughs> <laughs> I said it and stared at you like, <laughs> don't mention what I just said. <laughs> come again? But yeah, I don't, we don't know, so... What are your predictions? I, it's a lot. I I don't, I, they don't have to address the Jake thing. I hope at some point they do. At this point, Mm. I just want to finish the story with Mark and Steven and Layla. But you know, what is Layla doing? We need the Haro stuff and Amit stuff to be wrapped up. My biggest thing is I'm excited to see where it goes. I have a, a, I, I have a theory that, you know, Kit Harrington's character from, Oh, Eternals is probably going to show up somewhere around there because they're getting very supernaturally uh-huh. with some of these like side characters. Mm. Blade is coming. Mm. Just give me those guys meeting. I don't know. Werewolf by night Werewolf is coming. <laughs> it's coming with Jack Russell as the main. I can't. I still Ruff. can't believe that a werewolf's name is Jack I mean, Russell. But. Come I hate on, it. Marvel no. in the seventies. It makes total sense. Mm-mm. His Jack Russell last like surname like, Terrier. <laughs> that's like naming. That's like naming Peter Parker Andy Arachnid. Like it's, missed opportunity. <laughs> let me just get Stanley on the phone For, and be like, "Hey, sure. Hey, can we change this guy's name?" Yes. Well, let us know what your final thoughts are. Actually, just wait until our what are you serving thing and then tell. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you better wait for the right time. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited. I'm I'm excited for this to end because I want to see where it goes. For so many of these series, it really is a journey. Yeah. And you're just like, where the heck is this goddamn ship going? We'll find out. The ship's done now. He's in the reeds. <laughs> He's in the thick of it. He's in. Oh, he's got him. He's got <laughs> him. It. All right. Shall we get to the special segment? Yes. Sir. Talking to the gods of the moon. That was my best one. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you're going to do something else. So I didn't want to talk. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, not break your eardrums in the last minutes of the episode. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Situated between the Tigris and Euphrates rivers lays the civilization Mesopotamia, also known as the Fertile Crescent. 
Speaking okay. of fertile crescents, I'd like to introduce you to their god of the moon, Wait, Nana. Did you? I like how you set up the speaking of as if somebody asked you. Someone's always asking me in my head. Someone's always asking a question. I got to answer You're it. like, I want to say this line, but I have to say the thing before saying Hell yeah. That was good. I can't wait for the response. That was Nana like banana? Nana like banana. Hannah also banana. known as Sin. But when I was doing my what? research, Nana came up mostly. Okay. How do you do that? Well, it's, it's yeah. You okay, know, it's, you get into it. You no, well, the thing is, is like, it's interesting when I do this research is because, you know, I go to Britannica, I go to world history, I go to blah, blah, blah. Oh, he like, said library resources. That's right. What do you think? I'm playing Wikipedia here? No. Um, so they just have different versions. And right. So like, right. I'm kind of almost compiling my own version by the common threads between them. Wouldn't it be funny if it was always sin and somebody was just like, you know what? Nana is better. Yeah. I don't know. It's <laughs> interesting. But born from parents Enlil and Ninlil. Nana became one of the most worshipped gods in Mesopotamian religion. Oh. Nana had three children, the gods of sun, love, and death. And it is rare that the god of the moon is more important than the god of the sun. But here we see the Mesopotamian people worshipping the moon as it gave them light to safely travel at night. Can't you? Yes. Linked to cattle and the rising tides... He was seen as the one who protected the livelihood of their farming civilization. That makes sense. Yeah. And why Fertile Crescent? Uh, Hello. It is said that... See, I I said it for a reason. I thought it was just for that one joke. (laughs) No, I said it for a reason. Uh, It is said that to show off the wonders of Earth to his father, Nana brought goods of dairy and wheat to him. And bananas. And bananas. His father was so thrilled that he made the seas rise and gave the humans plentiful crops. <laughs> to honor this, Mesopotamian people would take a pr- pilgrimage blah, 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 take a pilgrimage every year with their first crops and dairy goods to ask for a blessing for the upcoming crops. And their firstborn daughter. No. Oh, good. No human sacrifices. <laughs> no, no, cool. exactly. This is a happy one. After the I, okay. happy episode, we needed a happy <laughs> I one. I was like, God, where is it coming from? No, and I also wanted to mention that Nana's wife and the mother of his children, obviously. Oh, was, Nana's a he? Nana's a he. A, a moon god that's also male, which is interesting. And Whoa. his, his worship more than the sun god. His wife was the god of reeds. Hey, and of me? To fertility. Am I a descendant? My last name's Reed, by the way, just so people know that I'm not just I'm going crazy. I'm surprised you didn't point that out earlier in the episode. I wanted to. When it was to, all leading. I wanted to, but I thought it'd be too corny. Yeah. And now I, there's just too many reads, so I can't yeah. not mention it. But like, am I a descendant from this god? <laughs> Absolutely. Fertile. Oh. <laughs> wheat. That's you. <laughs> so as a pair, they were honored to bring good fortune to the people of Mesopotamia. I'm fertile. Fertile. <laughs> He's our own fertile myrtle. I mean, they did say I have honey wheat hair when I was a baby. Ooh, he's gorgeous. Yeah. All points to me somehow being a, from a god. Absolutely. <laughs> is this Percy Jackson is what I'm getting at? You're a demigod. You're so lucky. Well, that's the thing, right? Rick Reardon's next thing is the gods of Mesopotamia or something. Is it really? No, no, no. I'm just lying right now. Oh. Wait, no. He did do that, didn't he? No. He oh. did the Red Pyramid. He did Egyptian. He did Egyptian. Yeah. Oh, maybe it will be. Maybe you just found something out. Well, now he has his own imprint through Disney, Hyperion. And people from those cultures are actually writing those books. Oh. Now, which is really cool. Oh. Wow. How about that? So it's not like a James Patterson situation where he just has people writing nope. his books under his name. Okay. They actually write it. I like that. Yeah. It's pretty fantastic. Good job, Recruit. Also, I'm excited for 
<gasps> Percy movie. Jackson. No, it's a TV show. The TV show. Yeah, how dare. No, this is more exciting. I can't wait. Camp Half-Lead, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I'm excited. All right. See you next week when Moon Knight ends. Woo! And we will talk about it. You know what, though, everyone? <laughs> just after this episode, grab a cup of tea and really just take some time for yourself. Journal yeah. out some things you're grateful for. This was heavy. Self-care makes the heart happy. Okay, we'll make it rhyme next time, but. You do it. You do it. Do it right now. Self-care makes you aware now. of the goodness within. No. Well, you... the end didn't rhyme. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be the end. All right. We'll come up with something better. <laughs> <laughs> Comment below. Uh, yeah. You have more time to think than we do. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Later, Gators. Thanks for listening to A Bite Of, artwork and editing by our own Noah. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at a bite of pod and on Facebook at a bite of. If you have questions, recommendations, or just want to say hi, you can email us at a bite of pod at gmail.com. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate and review to spread the word. Hope you join us next time on a bite of. Bye. <music>